Hey, everybody. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it's closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to June 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions. Hey everyone, Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com, we've done your homework. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark with Charles W. Chuck Bryant. And uh, Jerry's over there. He's being a little prankster. Yeah, pre-show shenanigans. Yeah. Um, well, this is Stuff You Should Know. Dot com? No. Podcast. There is a stuff you should know.com. Yeah, that was a my not so subtle way of working in a plug for our website. I thought it was great. How about plugging Twitter and Facebook? Yeah, you should do that as well. Go, oh, okay. go to Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. Look up SYSK Podcast. That's right. You know, a lot of people, if you go to iTunes to uh, listen to our show, you might think, man, these 300 episodes are awesome. I love these guys. Here's a fact for you mm-hmm. we have close to 750 or more. Is it more now? I think we'll be right at it. Right at 750 right now. About. That's right. So you are getting really short change. So all you need to do is go to uh, stuffyoushouldknow.com. Yeah. We have our entire podcast archive there. Yeah. I think it's stuffyoushouldknow.com slash podcast slash archive, something like that. Yeah. You should go listen to the early episodes when we just rambled on about nothing for five minutes at the beginning of every show. <laughs> right. Before we got tight and professional. Bam. Tight as a drum. <laughs> Mosquitoes, go. I hate them. Go. Who doesn't? I mean, everybody hates mosquitoes, and I was thinking, <clears throat> well, like, it's kind of, I understand, like, mosquitoes need some blood to go procreate, so what's the big deal if they take a little of your blood and go lay some eggs, and it's fine, it's part of the circle of life. And then I remembered, how many mosquitoes need your blood? Yeah. And that, how much disease mosquitoes carry? They're yeah. a disease vector. Yeah. And I, a pretty I, good really one, too. They, I'm one of those people that um, they flock to. Oh, yeah? You know, my mom used to say it's because I was sweet, but what she really meant was uh, it's because you're a sweaty monster. <laughs> it, it's because you probably emit a lot of nonaldehyde. I, I emit a lot of everything. Well, you definitely do nonaldehyde. What I don't emit... Why can't I say that? N- n- non-nano. <laughs> your eyes just roll back <laughs> in your head. <laughs> I mean, it's spelled... Well, you can pronounce it however you like, N O N A N A L, but it's a an oil that mosquitoes are bonkers for. I must have it in spades. Yeah, Chuck is half that. Non and all, bam, and then it's technically non and all to hide. <laughs> I was just inhabited by a <laughs> spirit that can really. Say some words. It's, oh, he's gone. <laughs> All right, good. All right, uh, mosquito buddy is Spanish for little fly. Or a little gnat. Or a little gnat. Yeah, I think in Europe they called them gnats, or yeah. maybe still call them gnats, right? I think so. Are they not on the mosquito train? Uh, I don't know. I haven't asked. Uh, 
Somebody from Europe, let us know. Let us know what you call mosquitoes. That's right. And uh, the use of the word mosquito dates back to about 1583 uh, in North America. Which is weird that they can they can trace the etymology back to that. Yeah, that is weird. But I saw no sourcing, no like, oh, well, it was Vasco da Gama or something <laughs> like that who said, yeah. mosquito, it's a little gnat. Uh-huh, let's call him that. Yeah. No idea where it came from, but I've seen it as honed as 1583. Yeah, that sounds made up maybe. Online etymology dictionary is usually pretty on point, and they they said 1580s but had no attribution really. Interesting. Well, they've been around for 30 million years. No, no. More? Uh, yes. Well, I figured at least 30 million. The oldest fossilized blood that's ever been found was found in, I think, Wyoming in a mosquito that was 46 million years old. Uh, was that one in uh, amber, and did they extract its DNA to make dinosaurs? It was in granite, but it, it was still colored, so you could see the blood. Ugh. It was, it's crazy. It's intact. Like it went and ate and then was like, oh, something killed me. Now I'm fossilized. The blood of Tuk Tuk. By the way, go listen to our fossils episode. That is fascinating stuff. It is a good one. Agreed, sir. So, uh, mosquitoes, um, they like to drink your blood, which we'll get into later, but they do this. That makes them, by the way, uh, hematophagic. And jerks. Or hematophagic. Yeah. It's one of those two. Yeah. It's, there's nothing creepier than being on your deck. And seeing a brand new mosquito land on you, and you smash it, and there's a lot of blood already there. And you know it's not yours. You know it's not yours. Because to you, it's brand new. You're covered in your neighbor's blood, guy down the street, <laughs> so who knows? Weird. And who knows what's in that blood? Yeah. Which is why mosquitoes are disease vectors. That's right. Uh, so they're going to find you and attack you uh, by using, um, and I like how this article puts it, it sounds more like a military aircraft than an insect, mm-hmm. uh, because all of these sensors, they have chemical sensors that can sniff out that uh, carbon dioxide and lactic acid up to 100 feet away. Yes. And if you're breathing, you're giving that junk out. Well, yeah, you exhale CO2. Yeah. And mosquitoes hone in on that. They actually have a neuron receptor that's designed to accept CO2 mm-hmm. and say, oh, well, there's a bunch of CO2 over here. I'm going to go attack whatever it's coming out of. There's a blood meal waiting to happen. Exactly. And so they, they track CO2. They track nonanaldehyde. Mm-hmm. I got it. You, yeah. Um, and uh, other stuff, too, that comes out of you. Lactic acid yeah. in your sweat. No, that's They track that, too. That's so killed. Very much the way that we smell things or taste things or see things or hear things. Mm-hmm. Mosquitoes sense CO2 and other volatile compounds that humans and, and other warm-blooded animals emit. Yeah, they actually uh, have visual sensors as well. So um, if you're in the green woods and you're wearing a white T-shirt, mm-hmm. uh, if it contrasts heavily with the background, you're going to stand out. You want to wear camouflage clothing at all times. All, all the time, even <laughs> when you're not in the woods, just to show off to others. Yeah. And that movement, if, you, if you're moving around, if you're doing a dance out in the woods with your white uh, frock, you're going <laughs> to get attacked because you're going to be sweaty, yes. too. If you're at... If you're a member of the Polyphonic Spree at a show in the woods, you're getting bit by a mosquito. That's right. Uh, and what else? Heat sensors. This one's pretty unbelievable. They actually can detect heat, like yeah. infrared, like heat. the predator. Yes. They are basically like the predator. So you want to talk about body parts? <laughs> yeah. Tommy? I mean, we kind of have to, you know? Oh, I'm sorry. It was Joey. It was an airplane, right? Yeah, it was Joey. 
<laughs> I saw the about half of that the other night for the first time in forever. It's I could watch it every week. It's so classic. And Emily wasn't laughing. I was like, this is not your bag, is it? And she said, I laughed a lot when I saw it when I was 12. She didn't like it anymore? It didn't hold up, nah, huh? she's not a big fan of the absurdist humor. That's a shame. It's a good movie still. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I like it. I haven't seen Airplane 2 in forever, but I, I'm quite sure it's still pretty good. <laughs> Joey, you ever been to a Turkish prison? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so wrong. Yeah. You couldn't even make that joke today. No. You know? No. It's like... Write a pedophile joke into your new comedy and see how quickly <laughs> exactly. that gets like, Ew, why don't we just take that out? It'll sound funnier coming out of Rupert Everett. <laughs> um, all right, so body parts. Um, you have your head, and that's where all these lovely sensors are that we talked about, the chemical, visual, and heat sensors. Mm-hmm. And the biting apparatus. Yeah, uh, which... The proboscis. Depending on whether it's a male or a female, you know, it's a long-standing what you would think is a myth of some sort that it's just females that um bite female mosquitoes it's absolutely true the yeah. men are just like little hippies eating flower nectar yeah they don't bite they don't they're not even equipped to bite nope they're incapable of biting you so if you're ever bitten or stung whatever you want to call it by a mosquito that's a lady it is a lady although she's not acting very ladylike blood meals aren't very ladylike no she's like the bride that's right <laughs> Uh, you're also going to find two compound eyes, um, some antennae, and then the, the mouth parts, which we just uh, mentioned, the proboscis. Mouth part For the lady. Just call it a mouth. I mouth know. parts it's makes always... it so gross. Yeah, but I get it. it it's science. Okay. Uh, and then the palpus is another mouth part. <laughs> another disturbing word. Uh, thorax, that's the body segment where the wings and legs are attached. Yes, all this makes it a insect. has two wings and six legs. Yeah. Attached to a thorax. That's an insect, buddy. <laughs> that's right. Uh, they actually have a heart, a little compound heart in that thorax. Yeah. And uh, then they have their abdomen, which is where they store the uh, digestive uh, organs. and. It's where the poop's from. Yeah, and that's where the blood is, too, I imagine, right? Yeah. Where their blood meals stored. Blood meals really gross. It is. That was from what the flea episode. Ticks and fleas and yeah, anything blood that meal. eats a blood meal. No, thank you. No. Uh, Twenty-seven hundred species of mosquitoes all over the world, and about thirteen genera right here in the U.S. And Chuck, there's actually three. The th- the big three is what they call them. Well, that's what I call them. The Michael big Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. You wouldn't include LeBron in that list? Not yet. I think already. He just surpassed like Jordan and two other guys, I think, last night in he, stats. He needs to win some more championships before he's on that list. How many does Jordan have? He won like seven or six. Did he? Yeah. I, I hear that. I see your point. LeBron's got time, though. So that, Yeah, he does. Jordan doesn't. No, Jordan's time is up. <laughs> he's finished. Um, sorry, Michael Jordan. We still think very highly of you. He's going to have someone, he's going to put out a hit on both of us. <laughs> um, you know, we we saw his plane once at, at a PDK airport. Had to have been his plane. His, because it said Air Jordan. It had the, the Air Jordan logo, but in North Carolina blue. We're like, pretty sure that's Michael Jordan's airplane. <laughs> that's probably it. And it was nice, too. That's awesome. I went and saw him play baseball when he played minor league baseball. Oh, yeah? It was pretty neat. He wasn't very good. No, he went 0 for 4, but um, it was just neat, you know? Sure, to see Jordan. Absolutely. Went over to Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, yeah. That's who he played for. 
And they were the feeder team for the White Sox? Uh, yeah, I think so. It shows how hard baseball is, you know. He's like one of the greatest athletes of all time, and he yeah. couldn't hit a curveball. Yeah. Um, all right. I was talking about the big three. Oh, right. And you facetiously pretended I was talking about basketball players. But no, I was talking about the big three species of mosquitoes that afflict the U.S. All right. So break it down for me. What are they? Aetis. Uh-huh. Floodwater mosquitoes. Right? Yeah. And um, those include the yellow fever mosquito, which basically does what it says on the tin. Spreads yellow fever. <laughs> That's right, as advertised. Um, and the Asian tiger mosquito, which I think is probably my favorite mosquito, just because of how it looks. Uh, really? They just look compact and striped and just like little... Sleek, meant for business? Yes. Yeah. Um, the second one is called the Anno- Anophilus. I think so. And they breed in permanent fresh water. And uh, the malaria mosquito is a member of that one. Yeah. So that's not that's one you want to avoid as well. Yeah. No good. No. And then lastly, there's Culex or Culex. I think it's Culex. Yeah, that's what I would say. C-U-L-E-X. And they breed in um, quiet, standing water. Water that's entered introspective repose. <laughs> you know, like the stuff that builds up in like an old tire or something like that. Yeah. They, these sound like the dummies. What? The... Standing water, like in an old tire in your yard, because that is going to breed the heck out of some mosquitoes. Oh, yeah. Especially Sulex or Culex. These sound like kind of the dummies of the mosquito world. They only live for a few weeks mm-hmm. in the summer. Mm-hmm. And um, I think these are the ones that attack me most in Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, sh- they're weak flyers is what it says. So yeah. And you can imagine those ones that kind of like come at you like, stay yeah, still, yeah, yeah. will you? I, I can't <laughs> land very well. I just need to bump into you with my proboscis. <laughs> um, but they actually, the Culex prefer birds over humans. Oh, really? Kind of like that weasel jumping on the back of the woodpecker. Oh, that's right. That I just saw. God, I feel terrible when I think about a bird being bitten by mosquitoes. Oh, it's sad. And not having an arm, to a hand to smack it. Yeah. You know? I do the same thing when they're around my animals, too. You smack them? No, oh, I just, I don't like it. No. Oh. No, no one eats a blood meal off of my dog, <laughs> except me. <laughs> <laughs> it's gross. All right, how about we go splash our faces down with some uh, aqua velva and continue talking about the life cycle after this? Okay. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Hey, everybody, it's time you heard about Squarespace. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own website, whether it's an online course or custom merch. 
Squarespace has you covered. That's right. Courses is a great program. You can start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with a powerful Fluid Engine editor. That's right. With Fluid Engine, which is a next-generation website design system, by the way, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. That's right. And don't forget the commerce side, because after that, you can charge a one-time fee, or you can even sell a subscription. Yeah. So turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. And right now, go to squarespace.com stuff for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code STUFF to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace. All right. We mentioned that mosquitoes were insects, and that means that they hatched from eggs. That's right. Like all insects. They could also be precocial birds. But in this case, they're not. (laughs) They're insects. Uh, The females are going to lay their eggs in that water. Um, Then the larva and pupa stages uh, are going to live in that water. Pupa or pupa eventually (laughs) change into adults. Right. Um, They leave the water and they become the annoying pest that you hate so much. Yeah, and I didn't realize this, but mosquitoes, they can live from a few days to several weeks, depending on the species, Mm -hmm. depending on the environmental conditions. And I would have thought that the... um, they live a shorter period in colder weather. But actually, the opposite is true. They hunker down? Yeah. They, a female can stay alive in a cool, damp spot over the wintering months until spring comes around. She can get a blood meal and then lay some eggs, which is why she she needs your blood. You have proteins in your blood mm-hmm. that she needs, and she needs it to lay some eggs. So let's say she's got a blood meal, right? She's stuck you. Yeah. And she goes and she lays some eggs, and she's going to lay them in water. And again, depending on the species, different types of water are going to attract them. Like Aedes, mm-hmm. which is a very tough word to say. It's almost all vowels. Um, they're going to lay their eggs in a place that will eventually, water will come in contact with it and carry them away. Yeah. Rather than directly into water. If you've ever seen uh, standing water, like in that old tire in your backyard, and you see a little grouping of little white uh Looks like a lot of little eggs uh, floating together. Those are mosquitoes. Those are eggs floating together. That's exactly what they are. Exactly. They're sort of laid there in a group. And I think you said this, but it's one blood meal per hatch. So Per any, egg laying. Yeah. Anytime they want to lay eggs, they have to drink that blood meal. And is that the only reason they drink the blood meal? That's all. That's what I saw, yeah. So when you have a mosquito biting you, that means that they have eggs that they're ready to hatch. Yeah. So when you're killing that mosquito, you're actually even better killing all of its future young. (laughs) Yep. Wow. That makes me feel even better. So, um, and then you can also, apparently you can tell what kind of mosquito species is, um, you're looking at based on what hatches out of the eggs, the larvae. Oh yeah. Because the eggs hatch and live, they spend the larval stage and the pupil stage in water, I think, like you said. That's right. Uh, the larvae are also called wigglers. Yeah. And um, if you've ever seen that same group of eggs look like teeny, teeny, teeny little worms, mm-hmm. that's the larvae. Yeah. And so um, Anopheles larvae will be parallel to the surface of the water, like uh-huh. almost like floating right below it or at, on the water surface. Yeah. And then Aedes and Culex extend down into the water and they breathe through air tubes. Yeah. Like um, 
Bugs Bunny using a reed. Yeah, like a bamboo reed. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're going to, the larvae are going to molt, uh, which is shedding their skin a few times. And I believe it's uh, on that fourth molt. Yeah. Is when they become real. Is well, that right? No, they become pupa. Oh, okay. They become the pupa. Or pupae. Or tumblers is what they're called. And basically, they stop eating and they get ready to spin a sort of cocoon of sorts around themselves. Although they're not spinning. Sure. They're enclosing themselves. Yeah. And then they go in and they um, turn into adults. They grow their wings. Their legs grow out. Their proboscis grows out. If they're the hippie male version, their hair grows out down to their shoulders. Yeah. They uh, actually bust out of that case with air pressure. Yeah. And I looked this up. This... Article makes its uh, it makes appearances all over the internet in various forms. Like it has been ripped off plenty of times. Oh, really? And I can't find anybody who's like, and this is how, this is how they use air pressure to break open the the, the cocoon. I have no idea. The only thing I can think of is that they flap their wings enough that it increases the air pressure inside of the enclosure. And it breaks open. Oh, see, I was going to say they blow it out their proboscis or something. But what if it's a male? Like they a don't trumpet. have a proboscis. No, they can blow it out. All there they have are mouth parts. They can blow it through their mouth parts. <laughs> no? I don't know. Yeah. I, it, I mean, that that's, a, that's as uh, legitimate a suggestion as mine. Or maybe science got to that point and they're like, who cares? Yeah, just kill them. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, when mosquitoes finally do spread their wings and fly... Um, like beautiful doves, they want to go out and, like most animals, find a mate and mate so to make more of themselves. That's right. That's like their job, basically. And so the males, they're just sitting there feeding on plant nectar. Mm-hmm. And they're like, me? Me? Oh, okay, me? Yeah, you. Great. And the female's like, yes, um, let's do this, and then I'm going to go get a blood meal. And you go off and die, and then I'll die later on. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Not a lot of purpose. To the mosquito's life? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later, um, about whether or not we even need mosquitoes. Oh, good. I would love to talk about that. Okay. But not right now. Oh. Um, let's talk about the bites. Yeah. Uh, when they bite you with that proboscis, um, they actually have an anticoagulant, uh, a protein, in the saliva that they're going to spit out on you. And it's going to keep the, the, keep that blood free flowing while they're sucking it up. Exactly, and um, a female mosquito will eat until she's full. And apparently, if you cut the sensory nerve to her abdomen and cut off her indicator that she is full, yeah, she just eat until she exploded. Yeah, like that's what the the sadist with too much time on his hands does. And, and very tiny tools. Yeah, he captures mosquitoes, <laughs> severs that thing so they can gorge themselves it's to like, death. It's like, here, here's an arm. <laughs> Go to town. Could you imagine seeing that? Oh, my God. I kind of have seen it. There was a Tabasco commercial from years ago where, like, this <laughs> kind of Cajun dude is eating pizza with Tabasco on it. Remember? Uh, no. And then, like, a mosquito comes and, like, sucks his blood and flies off and it's flying away and explodes in flames. Oh, so you have seen it. Kind of. On TV. That's very nice. Um, after you get bitten, the saliva is what causes that uh, immune response that you know as the bumpy itch. Mm-hmm. But science calls it a wheel. Yeah. W-H-E-A-L. Yeah. That's the puffy area around the little center uh, prick part. Yeah, and that's your body's immune response being mounted against 
that anticoagulant saliva that remains after the mosquito is flown off. Yeah. Um, and the, the wheel will eventually get better and go away, but the itch will remain. And the itch is an indicator that your white blood cells are still fighting off or breaking down that protein in the anticoagulant saliva. Um, have you ever heard the old wives' tale that if you put an X or cross with your fingernail, it won't itch? Mm, no. You never heard that? No. Oh, that was a big like ch- childhood thing. Like If you cross, make an X on the mosquito bite with your fingernail really deeply, it won't itch anymore. And it always seemed to work. And I looked that up, and it's actually a thing. Uh, researchers at the American Allergy Institute um, released findings about four years ago that uh, – said that's a, actually an effective technique. Uh, and they said it outperformed. They did studies on several hundred people and outperformed any anti-itch remedies, like over-the-counter stuff uh, that you could put on it. And really? they, yeah, they right. reckon uh, that it works because um, it limits the immune response from the binding of uh, antibodies to antigens in the saliva. Basically, it just digs deep and uh, disrupts that. So there you have it. Nice. Apparently, it's true. Old wives, right again. That's right. Um, so, Chuck, in addition to having an itch from a bite and having the anticoagulant protein from the mosquito saliva stuck in your skin, mm-hmm. it, it gets way worse than that yeah. as far as mosquitoes go. Mosquitoes, like I said, and I said it before and I'll say it again, mosquitoes are a disease vector to the nth degree. Yeah. And one of the things that they're very famous for spreading, as a matter of fact, is we saw there's a mosquito species that included a type called the malaria mosquito, mm-hmm. is malaria. And malaria is a viral infection. No, I'm sorry, it's a parasite that you catch from the Anopheles mosquito. Yeah. And uh, it takes anywhere from a few days to a few months for symptoms to develop as the infection grows in your bloodstream. And... um you're in big trouble. Yeah, you're going to be uh, headachy and muscle achy and feverish and chilly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can kill you. Yep. Um, but they do have anti-malarial drugs, and I think that's one of those you can uh, get. Uh, not a vaccine, but can't you take drugs before you go? Yes. On a trip like that to yes. combat malaria. Yeah, and um, you can drink gin and tonics, which were originally developed by the British when they took over India. Um, and were exposed to malaria. Really? Yeah, tonic water contains quinine, oh, yeah. which is found in the bark of the chichona tree, yeah. aka the fever tree, mm-hmm. and um, it's been like it cures and prevents malaria. So they would drink gin, which they already had on them all the time, sure. And this tonic water, and then apparently tonic water was even more bitter back in the day than it is today. Yeah. So they would add something like lime or cucumber or something like that. But yeah. lime had the added benefit of chasing off scurvy as well or preventing scurvy. Yeah, I knew that. So the average, say, sailor in the British Navy in the mid-18th or 19th century had a supply of gin, uh-huh. tonic water, and limes. Put them all together, you got a gin and tonic. And you're preventing malaria or preventing mosquitoes? It doesn't ward off mosquitoes, does it? No, it prevents malaria. Okay. Like, I guess it prevents the parasite from spreading in your body. Gotcha. Like, I, the, something, like the chinchona, the quinine prevents the parasite from taking hold. Well, I guess I'm safe then. 
you're safe, but apparently a one million people die every year still from malaria. Unbelievable. It's that's inexcusable in this day and age with the ubiquity of malarial drugs yeah. in the West. Agreed. It's like share the wealth. Yeah. A million people a year from malaria. That's really sad. It is. Um yellow fever is another big problem. Uh we don't have it here in the US or Europe anymore. But uh it is still all over the place in South America and Africa. And it's sort of symptomatic like uh, malaria. Except worse. Except worse. But um, nausea, vomiting, jaundice, mm-hmm. uh, and it can also kill you. Yes. But they and can't treat, they treat the symptoms, but there is no like cure, right? Yeah, the only, uh, there's no cure and the only prevention really is to prevent mosquitoes from biting you. Which is a tall order, I imagine, in parts of South America. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's encephalitis, and the most famous of the encephalitis that spread... Uh, viral encephalitis that's spread by mosquitoes is West Nile virus. Yeah, I thought this was interesting. It said several types include Western uh, equine, Eastern equine, mm-hmm. West Nile, and St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just sort of stood out as odd to me. Yeah. Uh, you will get a high fever, stiff neck, headache, uh, confusion, uh, laziness, sleepiness. Um, I might have West Nile, actually, <laughs> now that I think about it. <laughs> Um, and we'll talk a little more about West Nile when we talk about mosquito repellents. There's a, a couple more that mosquitoes are well known for spreading. Dengue fever, yeah, that's spread no by my favorite, the Asian tiger mosquito. Mm-hmm. It, that produces everything from viral flu to hemorrhagic fever. Apparently, it was it just ma- mainly stuck around East Asia, and then in 1985, it made its first appearance in the United States. Introducing dengue fever, <laughs> yeah, in the U.S. Yep. And then uh, worms, too. They spread worms. Oh, really? Specifically types of worms that like to root into your eye and make you blind. Wow. Yeah, they're, they're disease vectors. Uh, HIV is not spread by mosquitoes. Everybody knows this by now. But um, Yeah, don't you remember being a kid, though, and being like, oh, God. Yeah, I remember growing up in that generation thinking, wait a minute. And I didn't even see it on the news or as a concern. Like, I remember having my own original thought of, right. hold on a minute. If you can get HIV through blood and mosquitoes are, that's not my blood. And it's right. like a little needle. Oh, God. I know. I was actually, it was like, someone's going to get this and things are going to change. But luckily, uh, thankfully, they found out that uh, the virus cannot survive in a mosquito. No, apparently it's really, it has a lot of trouble surviving outside of its human host. Yeah. It just doesn't live very long. Yeah. We really need to do an HIV. I know. It's been long promised. We will will do that very soon. So, Chuck, we talked about all the stuff mosquitoes can spread. And um, a lot of these things, like um, yellow fever. Yeah. uh, And West Nile virus. Yeah. They're they're difficult to treat. And the best thing you can do is to prevent mosquitoes from biting you. Yeah. And actually, I mentioned, uh, what was it? Dengue fever that made its appearance in the United States in 1985? Yes. In 1999, I don't know if you remember this or whatever, but there was a panic. I do. All of a sudden, in New York State, I think something like five or six people, um, seven people died in just over a month from September to October of 1999. They died of a viral encephalitis, right? Yeah. And the health officials were like, what is going on? They couldn't find anything in common with these people. There was no normal um, uh, epidemiological marks, right? They Mm -hmm. just couldn't figure out where it's coming from. And then they finally identified it. 
as West Nile virus yeah. that was being carried by mosquitoes. And everybody freaked out. Sure. Part of the problem with this was that at the time, a lot of people were suddenly questioning what we were using as mosquito repellent, which is also called DEET. That was the primary mosquito repellent that was in use and still is today. And at the time, people were just starting to question it because there are a lot of studies about whether DEET was safe, specifically for pregnant ladies and um, kids. Yeah. Do you want to read the word that is uh, DEET? Sure. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> N-N-diethyl-M-tulamide. Yeah. Tuluamide. Nice job. Almost had it, man. Try it again. N-N-diethyl-M-tuluamide. Yeah, I think that's exactly right, my friend. Which is DEET somehow. That's what it's abbreviated as. Yeah, D-E-E-T. And it was uh, created by the USDA, uh, the Department of Agriculture, in 1946, of course. For the Army. It's a military thing, like (laughs) so many things created. And um, eventually it made its way over to consumers in the 1950s. And like you said, over the years it's been sort of uh, maligned and embraced um, like a roller coaster. Sure. You know? But in 1999, at the, in the height of this West Nile panic, it was also like a, the, it was the height of, or the bottom of faith in DEET as a safe thing, a safe product. That was DEET's lowest day? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it was a dark day. So, um, one of the reasons that people were suspicious of DEET is that it's a plasticizer. Which means it can melt plastic? Yep, that's one thing. So that's enough for me. So spray that on your skin. <laughs> um, and then there was a, a study of, uh, in 2002 of about 900 um, pregnant women in Thailand. Mm-hmm. And it investigated their bloodstream for DEET. And the thing is with DEET, when you put it on your skin, most of the time you're, it, it, it's absorbed at a rate that your liver can break it down. And when you finally pee it out, yeah. it's been completely metabolized and it's safe-ish, I guess, right? That's what they say. Well, this study in Thailand showed it showed something different, and it scared everybody. Yeah, it showed that um, they actually found the chemical in the umbilical cord of 8% of the women. Yeah. So that crossed the placental barrier, and that freaked people out. Yep. So Understandably. Sudden, right. That spread like wildfire. Everybody was freaked out about DEET. And then, simultaneously, there, there were longstanding reports of um, children having seizures from using DEET. Yeah. Is that true? Here, I, I can't quite tell. I, what I get is if you use DEET in normal concentrations mm-hmm. on your skin. Which they say it used to be 75%, but then they found that anything over 50 is really about the same, right? Yeah, it's diminished returns. Yeah. So you you want to just use 50 or no more than 50. And when they figured that out, they just dropped it down to 30. They rounded down for some reason. Right. Um, but apparently, if you use it in a normal concentration on your skin, um, you're okay, allegedly. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of different groups have come out and said, DEET's okay as long as you follow the label and you're using a normal concentration. If you get it in your mouth, for example, though, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden the concentrations are hundreds of times higher than if it's on your skin. So these kids licking their arms and stuff? Supposedly that was the, the, the common link to the seizures in the kids. But apparently it was never demonstrated to everyone's satisfaction. And right. some people are like, well, uh, seizures are way more common in children than in, in adults. So maybe it's just a coincidence that these kids also had bug spray on at the time they had their seizure. Gotcha. I don't, I try not to use DEET. 
No, and you are one of enough people that there's a pretty decent market for alternatives to DEET for mosquito repellents that have yeah. been developed over the years. That's what I usually do. What do you use? Oh, I mean, back in the day, I used the, uh, the old Skin So Soft, uh-huh. which, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it worked a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is like this whole DEET scare. People mm-hmm. started asking questions about DEET, and they're like, well, how does it work? And apparently scientists were, they had to say, like, we're not 100% sure. Oh, really? We think that it confuses the, the um, it masks the CO2 that's emitted by humans. Interesting. So that's what they think. They've also found that since DEET is really effective at doing that, they found other compounds, too, that do similar things, that that fit a CO2 receptor mm-hmm. or a non-onol yeah. <laughs> receptor. <laughs> and um, so the, the mosquito's confused and doesn't know where to bite or sting or whatever. Gotcha. Um, I think uh, Emily made a little homemade concoction once. Yeah. I think out of that lemon eucalyptus oil that you mentioned in your own article. Yes. That's that's one, lemon eucalyptus oil. Mm-hmm. Um, there's soybean oil. Yeah, that's supposed to work pretty good, right? Supposedly, a 2% concentration of soybean oil prevents mosquitoes from biting between one and a half and seven hours. That's pretty great. And this is soybean oil. This is the same stuff yeah. you can like eat in your food. So it's very safe. What about citronella oil? Because Jerry came in here bragging about all her citronella oil plants yeah. that she has surrounded her uh, lavish gardens. Jerry was wrong. <laughs> so the citronella oil apparently does kind of work, but it works way better if you extract the active ingredient. Right. Uh, geraniol. So if you've got the um, the citronella torches, uh, then that's doing a better job than just having the plant around, correct? I would guess, if anything, that's probably attracting them through the heat. Oh, attracting them? I would guess. Oh, but see, I think but, the smoke helps get rid of them, too, though. So there's two things you can do with mosquitoes, right? You can yeah. protect yourself by masking yourself like the, from this, the, or the volatile compounds that you're emitting, mm-hmm. right? And then you can also distract them, bait them. And they, they, the, somebody did a study in 2013 at UC Riverside. They analyzed half a million compounds that had a structure that fit mosquito CO2 receptors. And they found 138 that were safe ish. Yeah. And they zoned in on two of them. One is ethyl pyruvate, which has a fruity smell that humans find pleasant in testing. Uh-huh. It's safe for use in foods. And um, it it apparently masks the skin as well as DEET does. Oh. And then there's also cyclopentanone, which has a minty smell nice. that attracts mosquitoes that you could use for like a trap. That you put like in the back of your yard. Right. Uh, I will say this, the, um, you know, they make a lot of things like mosquito traps, um, bug zappers, which do not work. Uh, if you have a bug zapper, all you're doing is killing a lot of like really cool insects, you know, yeah. like moths and things. Right. Um, those, uh, things that you hook up to like a, a tank and roll out into your yard, I don't think those are supposed to work very well. It's like propane? I don't know what it is. I've seen it before though. Okay. I don't think it's propane. Um, I'll have to look into that, but I've heard they don't work. Do, do you remember that, um, like years back, it was kind of a trend among um, radio stations? They said that they were playing a low-frequency sound no. that mosquitoes, that humans couldn't hear but repelled mosquitoes. I did not know that. Yeah. Why, just to listen to their station? I guess. That's I don't know <laughs> if it was actually transmitted or if it was just a hoax. That's 
Sounds like a hoax to me. So you said you had something about mosquitoes and whether we actually need them or not, right? Uh, yeah, but real quickly, they also make um, mosquito-proof clothing where uh, this... this They're iron suits. No, but chemicals are actually in, in the fabric itself. Oh, yeah. To ward off mosquitoes. Nice. I remember I wrote something about that at one point, and I just remember thinking, I'm never going to buy something like this <laughs> and wash them with my regular clothes. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'm an alarmist. Supposedly, there's a um, there's a chemical that is just to be used on your um, clothing, not your skin. And the oh, reason yeah. why is because it's a deadly, deadly poison, neurotoxin to humans. Yeah, that is. We should actually say the name of that. Uh, permethrin. Yeah. Yeah, that is for clothing only. And um, if I see something like that, <laughs> I'm just not going to use it. Right. Like, don't get any on your skin, but you can put it on your T-shirt <laughs> just fine. And don't look at Happy Fun Ball. <laughs> uh, so we have another article on our website called What If Mosquitoes Went Ex- Extinct? Because apparently there are some scientists that have been investigating like how to increase the male population enough that there just aren't females anymore. Uh, and, you know, no more offspring. Yeah. And there's a few things. There are some birds uh, in the Arctic tundra that, you know, migrate and feed on mosquitoes so it could disrupt that mm-hmm. and then of course the whole chain reaction thing that we've talked about before in the food chain you know what could that mean um there there's actual mosquito fish and uh, other fish feed on mosquitoes and their larvae mm-hmm. um but the general consensus from science is you know if mosquitoes went away they'd probably just adapt and find other meals and it wouldn't set off some awful reaction like bees would you know well we could use this as proof positive, once and for all, that humans are capable or never ever should intervene in ecology and ecological stuff. Let's yeah. let's do it. Let's see if we can remove mosquitoes from the planet. I mean, they kill and just a lot see of what people. happens. You know, there's not. I was waiting for some big thing like mosquitoes are really so important, right? But uh, not really. Nope. Like uh, the animal, they'll just those fish. The mosquito fish, I guess, will be the. Uh, the whatever the the gnat fish or the fly fish yeah which they're like oh, I like fly larva more anyway I don't <laughs> care yeah I'd say that's worthy of an experiment let's get rid of it I, I have feel not bad at all about saying that <laughs> yeah uh, well if you want to know more about mosquitoes your born enemy you can type that word into the search bar at howstuffworks.com and uh, since I said search bar it's time for listener mail. I am going to call this one. What? What is this? Oh, my! Uh, I'm going to call this. I I see dead people. Um, guys, I've been listening to your awesome show for about a year, and I'm working my way through the back catalog. Last week, I listened to how stunt men and stunt women work. It's a great episode. Chuck mentioned the Vic Morrow helicopter accident from the Twilight Zone, and uh, said it was actually on YouTube, which is something I never knew. Despite the warning from Chuck not to watch, I did it. Yeah. Uh, next time I'll listen. It's pretty rough. It is rough. Uh, one thing I did learn, though, from the accident was um, the subsequent research on it was that John Landis directed that segment, which I knew because he right. was brought up on charges. Um, this brings me to the reason I'm writing. I met John Landis at a, uh, a couple of years ago at the Burbank Airport. He was really friendly and jovial and took a picture with my friend. Uh, in my opinion, in the opinion of many others, by the way, Landis's actions heavily contributed to the tragic deaths of Vic Morrow and the two children. Uh, despite living in L.A. and working in the entertainment industry, I really don't meet any uh, many celebrities and consider life to be easier because of it. 
However, other celebrities I have met include Aaron Hernandez, who's the New England Patriot that's in oh, prison yeah. for murder right now. Yeah. And Ray Lewis, who was uh, acquitted of murder back in the day. Uh, and while I didn't officially meet him, Charles S. Dutton was in my office once, and we exchanged a polite nod. So when you add them all up, the celebrities I personally encountered range from definitely to possibility, uh, possibly responsible for nine violent deaths. Wow. How about that? Jeez. Um, Charles Dutton, did he kill somebody? Yeah, he spent like his youth in prison. For oh, her. that's right. He, he went to prison and got out and became famous. Right. Okay. Uh, I've learned a great deal from your podcast over the year uh, that I've been listening, and now I have learned that for my own safety and for the betterment of humanity in general, my celebrity interactions must be kept to a minimum. I know for legal reasons, this email will never make it on listener mail. <laughs> Reverse psychology. <laughs> that kind of always works, actually. I don't see what the legal reasons are. There's nothing. This guy's like signed a lawyer. Inflammatory in here. And that is from Name Redacted. <laughs> Thank you, Name Redacted. You have an unusual name. Yeah, he also goes by Anonymous. Oh, or Yeah Detroit. That's right. That's what we should use as a name redacted or anonymous. Yeah Detroit. All right. So thank you, Yeah Detroit, for that email. Way to go, Yeah Detroit. If you want to get in touch with us and let us know any weird stuff about yourself, that's pretty cool. Um, You can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. You can send us an email to StuffPodcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code STUFF. 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island. It becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.